This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. As a classical singer, I am well acquainted with the lore of the Greek gods who are often referred to in libretti of operas and program music of symphonic pieces. One of my favorite images is that of the winged horse Pegasus, the beautiful horse that emerged from the neck of the gorgon Medusa when the hero Perseus slayed the creature. Pegasus became the war horse of Zeus, gathering and carrying thunder and lightning. It is also said that if the magical touch of the hooves of Pegasus touched a surface on earth, then a water spring would spill forth. Well, magical indeed. And as Pegasus could make water spring from a deep well, Pegasus, the orchestra, founded and conducted by Maestro Karen Hakobian, brings a fountain of musical excellence inspired by the power of the divine winged horse. As Maestro Hakobian says of his orchestra, We as humans have always dreamt of defying gravity. Music does just that. It gives us wings. Well, I have Karen Hakobian with me today as my guest. As a pianist, he debuted at age 17 at Carnegie Hall, and his talent has carried him to major concert halls with a global reach. His work as a soloist, collaborative artist, arranger, artistic director, and conductor of Pegasus the Orchestra has been celebrated internationally. The orchestra has been featured numerous times on WQXR Classical Radio New York, and they have now accepted a Menorah Foundation residency to continue their activities at Mana Contemporary with a diverse season of new and classic works featuring orchestra, jazz, piano, and chamber concerts. The orchestra itself has taken wings like the mythical horse Pegasus, the orchestra, has divined musical excellence with a mission to empower rising musicians with artistic freedom and promote innovative repertoire in an environment of creative thought and expression. But more importantly, Pegasus has deservedly shown the light on the virtuosity of its own players. So I have with us this morning, I'm pleased to announce, Karen Hokobian. Welcome to Center Stage, Karen. It's a joy to have you again. Thank you so much, family. It's so wonderful to join you this morning. I always feel the energy from you. You know, whenever I see any of your interviews, whenever I see you conducting, you have this really individual, very distinctive energy. And I'm, I have the feeling that that energy right now is being poured right in with the adrenaline, that rush when you're facing live music again. How excited are you? Absolutely. Well, it's, you know, it's been a surreal, right, to say the least. Yeah. Um, uh, time, time for all of us. I think for all musicians, everyone. And um, of course, you know, we'll. I'm sure we'll get to talk about our, the digital season that we had to create mm-hmm. um, to be creative and continue our artistic activities. But of course, like you said, uh, you know, nothing beats uh, live music and live performances. So we are very excited to 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 be able to start our live activities with our first concert. You know, since the beginning of the pandemic on September 30th. 
How exciting. A live performance. I mean, you with the other great orchestras of New York City and the world, of course, you're making your comeback. Um, where, where will this performance be? Absolutely. Well, this this event is a special for numerous reasons, you know, uh, and one of them is, of course, being our first live performance since the beginning, like I mentioned, of the pandemic. But uh, second, you know, we are actually partnering up with the OIST Foundation and uh, our concertmaster, Eiko Kano, uh, with whom I also uh, tour very frequently as a duo. Uh, she recently started a wonderful program there uh, with the OIST Foundation as a music ambassador. And um, she's, you know, doing great things, you know, with uh, with science, and it's very very interesting what mm. what they are doing. So we get to partner with them, and uh, this program is called Science and Music Hand in Hand, and uh, of course, you know, the the purpose is to to connect with the audience through music, but also raise awareness of uh, the programs that we have, you know, with Pegasus's case, you know, bringing music to schools and engaging young people through education. And, you know, for, for OIST, also bringing together, you know, top scientific minds uh, to bridge music and science together. So it's just a really exciting um, venture for us to not only have our first live performance, but also get to partner with them. And this will be held at uh, in uh, my cell gallery in Soho on September 30th. Um, and um, we were so looking forward to it. At eight, it's, it's going to start at 630 yeah. How exciting. How exciting. And what is the program for that evening? So for this evening, you know, it's it will be um, chamber performance. So we will have our principal clarinetist Moran Katz also joining us. Uh, so it will be for violin, uh, um, clarinet and piano. And it will be a mixed program of sort of the highlights from this season that we have had. Um, you know, works by Hachaturian, Piazzolla, Chrysler, uh, Gershwin, uh, just to name a few. Wow. So we just heard the Cacciaturian, the trio for violin, clarinet, and piano, which I presume you will be doing that evening. Yes, definitely. It's one of our favorites, and it's uh, it's rarely played. It's just such a musical gem. You know, he's so interesting as a composer because he really brought an Armenian voice to his contemporary music, didn't he? Absolutely. And he even goes behind, beyond that. You know, he, he uses uh, some of the tetrachordal scales from the Armenian music, but he also uses a little bit of the pentatonic and some oriental elements. So he, he really uh, explores all the folk folklore of not just Armenia, but in general. You know, it's just very interesting. So this is your brethren, really, because you descend from Armenia yourself, don't you? Yes, definitely. And of course, you know, he's uh, being a composer myself, you know, he's always been a source of inspiration. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, Karen, the thing about you is that you do so many things. You wear so many hats. But unlike those who aren't able to delegate, you know, you actually get the job done equally. As an arranger, I find your arrangements really fascinating. And that is a central part of Pegasus the Orchestra, isn't it? Thank you so much. Yes, most certainly is. You know, it's and, and part of it is that you know, as, as part of our mission is to be able to bring music to venues that sometimes don't have access to mm-hmm. you know, orchestral music mm-hmm. uh, for for a variety of reasons. Some of them simply cannot fit you know a large ensemble mm-hmm. you know in there, or some of them don't have access to it. And so, by being able to arrange some uh, really great works, for instance, one of the most popular ones, right, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Mm-hmm. Which I uh, had a special permission to ju- uh, to arrange for eighteen instruments. 
you are able to bring it to to communities that uh, you know it's it's written for an almost a 90 piece orchestra, right? <laughs> But to scale it down to only 18 instruments, but still keep the essence and the excitement of the music and also bring bring it to a new light, more chamber, more intimate uh, is, kind of sound. This is fascinating. Um, enables us to you know travel and, and, and reach people with, with this kind of repertoire. Mm-hmm. You know, last week I had as my guest conductor Kelly Kuo, and he spoke about the profound and intimate but yet intense quality of working with chamber orchestras. Is this something, yes. Karen, that you that you really prefer? Well, you know, in, in our case, you know, we are just so fortunate because, uh, you know, most of our musicians, they, they have active uh, chamber and solo careers, right? So that, uh, so they, they each have very individualistic approach to music and interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having the ensemble also uh, on, on, on a smaller scale, you know, really allows us to, and then the programming we also do, allows us to draw this out more and highlight this more. So it's, it feels uh, like a more closer collaboration. You know, it's a, it's a luxury to have that kind of connection. It is. Each each and one of the musicians. And it's a luxury for you to have the musicians you have. For instance, I'm going to highlight Sergei Antonov, uh, the cellist, who was the the winner of the gold. uh, He was the gold medalist in the Tchaikovsky cello competition in 2007. That's quite a coup for you. Uh, In fact... Well, he was a guest artist, so we were just honored to have him as part of our season. That is so fantastic. I think we should listen to him right now with you, actually, in the Rachmaninoff Sonata in G minor for cello and piano. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pamela Kuhn on Center Stage with Pamela Kuhn on WGCH Radio, and I'm speaking with Maestro Karin Hakopian, who is the conductor of and the creator of Pegasus, the orchestra. Now, you just heard the Rachmaninoff Sonata in G minor for cello and piano, Opus 19, and that was with Sergei Antonov, the cellist. Karen, you have such interesting programming ideas. You know, was there a thread of of an idea for your comeback season here? Well, yes, of course. Well, the, you know, the, the comeback season, of course, was influenced also by um, us going digital, right? So mm-hmm. we we worked, we partner out with Monier Foundation to to create a very high quality digital platform. Um, and what's interesting about this that. Uh, even through the videography, you know, people that get to watch our season, you know, we, our goal wasn't just to bring, you know, great sound, great audio, great video, but also to sort of redirect the viewers to, uh, and I actually uh, picked up a new skill <laughs> during the pandemic is how, how to do, do all the video editing myself. <laughs> and uh, And it's actually really wonderful to do that because I was able to sort of 
uh, put a little bit of my artistic insight into the videography as well, where I would want the listeners to focus, you know, on which redirect their attention to this phrase or that instrument or this group. Um, so, so in this season, well, you know, we called it Baroque and Beyond. Uh, the reason why is because our it's, it consists of 10 concerts, and they have been streaming about uh, three weeks apart, starting from February, and it's still ongoing. We still have two more concerts to come. And the beauty of this is that people can watch this anywhere, anytime in the world uh, if they get a subscription, and they can even go back and watch the first few concerts that have already streamed. And we started the, the season with Bach, you know, with his chamber you know, music. Mm-hmm. Um, and we uh, and the season ends also with Bach, you know, but culminating with his Brandenburg Concerti no, number two, four, and five, which are just just one of the greatest masterpieces ever written. Oh, and yes. they actually there's a fascinating story if you have time. I'd sure. love to talk about the, them a little bit. Sure, sure, go right ahead. Um, so you know the the Brandenburg actually they are going to be premiering this Thursday on on September thirty uh, on September twenty third excuse me and on our digital stage um, and it's interesting because you know this Kincherdi you know all he wrote six of them and they you know as sort of a job application right he was trying to 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 get a position with um, in in Brandon uh, and. Uh, he sent these these uh, pieces as sort of a you know he wrote them as as beautifully as he could right he he sent this with a letter hoping to get this uh, position uh, and he never heard back <laughs> and then the scores were sort of just stored in the library uh, for about a hundred years until they were discovered by someone and then again they were um, stored uh, in another library so in other words they were not performed. Uh, for oh. over a century. Um, and, you know, you'd be shocked because Bach himself never got to hear them or perform them. And then uh, during World War II, they were almost lost once again, the manuscript. And the librarian um, was able to actually hop off the train that was stopped by the Nazis and just with these manuscripts in his coat and just managed <gasps> to escape. I love these so stories. It's just, yeah, it's just so... I mean, and then these works, I think, are uh, especially the Brandenburg number 5, that, um, uh, you know, I think we have a little clip, right, from there. Yes, it's, we do. Uh, you know, it's the first example of almost like a keyboard concerto where he, he wrote this insanely long cadenza. And there, there's just so much creativity there that uh, had really never been done before. It's so experimental. So I'm just so grateful that these works survived and we get to Thank God. Thank God for that person who saved them off the train. I love these stories. Well, Karan, let's listen to a little bit of the Bach Brandenburg Concerto Number 5 in D Pegasus, the orchestra.
Karan, that's so wonderful. And that is you at the harpsichord. Yes, that's correct. It's it's quite fantastic. You know, I I've, I just have to take this opportunity right now to ask, you know, you've developed this orchestra, I think, out of pure love for wanting really to serve community. But you have had this distinguished career as a soloist. Um, are are you just willing to give that up? Or are you just trying to to really carry your solo capabilities into the orchestra? Um, you know, as as a gift. Well, you know, you, you said you said so beautifully because it's um, you know I think that uh, you know everything that I've been able to do so far and I continue to do you know whether it's being a you know pianist, harpsichordist, you know composer, conductor, you know they they've all sort of. Uh, culminated into this idea of being able to create Pegasus and being able to, and I think that if I didn't have, you know, those skills and I did not have the training and I didn't have, you know, the teachers that I've had over the years and musicians I've gone to work with and learn from, I would not have been able to get here. You know, that being said, you know, I, of course, you know, I think, uh, I don't want to use the word sacrifice because I do this with so much love, but there's a little bit of where I have to always put Pegasus before me, you know, just mm. because it's, I feel the responsibility of, you know, you know, working hard to see it grow and expand and, and succeed. Um, but I, you know, in, so in that sense, me, I have scaled down a little bit on the solo performances that I would have normally have had. But at the same time, I get to, you know, work with so many of the musicians, the guest artists and, uh, you know, there's so much more variety now than just having a solo career. So I think it's much more rewarding and fulfilling in a mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. of what I get to do now. So I, I have absolutely no complaints. You know, <laughs> I'm very happy. Beautifully said. You know, I want to get back to something you said earlier about the combination of music and science. This is fascinating to me. It, it For one, it shows how musicians' minds work. And I know for a fact that you are actually f- featuring as soloist uh, during the season, the pianist Nicholas Namaracha. And I know that he was a scientist to begin with at, at one point. I, I find this fascinating that all of you have this, this kind of bond through through science and music. Would I be right? No, I mean, most most certainly. And uh, he, you know, he was uh, featured in our, our previous season and we, we had an interesting conversation uh, after the concert, actually on stage on this subject, and then my, and I asked him if you know if he if we were to do anything other than music, what it would have been, and I you know he he's very much drawn to, to science and 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 psychology and philosophy and uh, and all these other interesting subjects, and I, I I do think that music is just so there's has so many connections right to the the world and scientifically and on a human level and on so many other levels so oh, it's yes. it's always great to explore that you know just not look at it narrowly just as music but explore everything else it has to offer absolutely no boundaries and of course with your educational outreach this is this is really key isn't it to really capture the imaginations of of children you know uh, to mix it with music it's very clever very clever you know because you highlight the precious talents of your players i mean they're all soloists in your orchestra are the decisions that are made a joint venture, or is it left to you as the artistic director and principal conductor to really make the decisions about programming and et cetera? I mean, of course, I always welcome, you know, uh, ideas from all, all the musicians, you know, and, um, but, you know, I sometimes have to also base it on how the season is going to be structured, you know, 
And of course, there's the fundraising portion of it, right? To make mm-hmm. sure that we can afford to do, because I tell you the truth, I, I've already penned out about five years ahead of time of all everything I would want to do. And I, I have I have so many programming ideas, but I have to sort of sort of pick, pick and choose which are realistic right now and right. which may have to wait a little bit longer, <laughs> uh, financially speaking also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it, you know once once I once I narrow it down to the programming, I, I always um, have discussions with the musicians as well. That's fantastic. Um, it's, it's important to me that they feel passionate uh, and love the works that I'm you know proposing as well. That way, mm-hmm. it just magnifies our collaboration. Now, I just want to ask you one honest question: how, how difficult was it really for Pegasus to survive through the pandemic? And I, I know. All orchestras have been faced with this. Did you just hang on? Were you were you beating the bushes um, for financial help, or or was it fairly easy keeping a digital presence? Well, no. I mean, I have to tell you honestly, uh, you know, that uh, our digital season, you know, focused on much, much, much smaller scale, right? Uh, so it was mostly chamber, and even the Brandenburg that we did. I mean, it's. I'm grateful it sounds so full, uh, but we did actually, um, we usually played with a much larger ensemble, but we mm-hmm. did it with single strings, which uh, actually I love the sound because it gives it a different sound. And I think in right. past time, often it would be done that way anyway. Exactly. So exactly. Not much deviating from the original. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, I have, you know, the, the challenge is very, very real and it's very much there. So that's why the September 30th event is also a benefit and a fundraiser. For us to try to raise Excellent. some funds to, to start our live season again. Excellent. Uh, it's it's a little bit on hold until we secure a little bit more funding mm-hmm. to fully resume our live activities. Okay. Well, I hope we're helping to get the word out. You know, thank, so people can so can take out checkbooks and write checks to Pegasus, the orchestra. You know, I've just got to ask you something. You're so incredible. You've got so much drive. Were you just born with that, or is this something you've just nurtured in yourself? You know, with the growth of Pegasus, the orchestra, Karen. You know, I think that. Uh, I, as as a child, maybe I was a bit more introverted because I, I remember, you know, I, I all I wanted to do is spend my whole day composing or practicing, and oftentimes my friends would come out and call me to play, and I would just, you know, not go and <laughs> <laughs> just stay there and compose all day long. Um, and of course, I mean, especially being a pianist, right, uh, or a composer, you often don't interact as much as, let's say, for instance, you know, orchestra or string or other players would you know normally so it's uh you know it's a skill that i I had to develop especially running pegasus is how to be able to connect um with with everyone on a more personal level Mm -hmm. i I think i had it in me but it it, i did need a little push to (laughs) to to open myself up to others well you're there you are there and your presence is huge now i have to ask you about something else that's quite huge it's happening in 2022 in the spring. Your return to Lincoln Center, and you're featuring the Rachmaninoff Piano Concerti. Karen yes. Hokopian, this is a huge project. You're going to do all of the concerti? Yes, it is an enormous project. Actually, one of our board members, uh, Lou Mycel, you know, it was uh, a, a sort of a dream of his to, to do this project. So he has been a great help and force behind this, you know, to, to help this 
for this to happen. And this was scheduled to happen before the pandemic, but we had to postpone it, of course. Um, it, and we will do all five, so the four and charity plus the Rhapsody. And, you know, when some people heard about this, they, they wondered, you know, can, can people handle such a long program? But then when you think about it, when one goes to an opera, right, it's, it's often three to four hours That's and right. people love it. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, you would just have two intermissions. We would pair them in an interesting way. And Rachmaninoff's music is just so, so wonderful and so human. So I think That's right. it will just be sort of a special evening that we don't get to experience very often. This immersive Rachmaninoff experience, I will be there, Karen Hakobian. I can tell you that. (laughs) I can tell you. All right, so we have to repeat the word that um, on September 23rd, you will have a digital presence at Pegasus the Orchestra. And then on the 30th is your first live concert. And I want everyone to go to pegasustheorchestra.org. This is a non for profit organization. Unbelievable musicians. And as you've just heard, Karen. Hakobian himself speaking about his his passion project. You know, I don't know about you, Karen, but I really believe that J.S. Bach is the greatest romantic composer of all time. Um, I, feel... I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think he, he has, you know, he has so much passion and so much love for humanity, and it comes from his music, you know. I mean, for, forget about his a monstrous brain that, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think there, there have been many like him in the no. history, but but, uh, you know, if you put all of that aside, just, just the humanity of his music, you know, it's it's astonishing. The humanity is incredible and the enormity of it. And, and it, will be, yes. it will be lived through you at Pegasus the Orchestra. Is there anything else you'd like to say to us today, Karin Hakobian? Well, just, you know, I'd just like to mention that I'm so grateful for all my colleagues, for the musicians, you know, for, for the incredible artists that I get to work with and... And of course, the the audience, you know, the the support, you know, it's, it's essentially what we do is right being the bridge between right. the composer and the audience. So without without one or the other, we cannot. That's right. Uh, survive and grow. That's right. Uh, and, and 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 you know, just encourage our audience to just to really stay stay safe, but um, start coming out to the to the live concerts because I think it's time that we. <laughs> you know, bring back the live music. That's so correct. And to stay safe while doing it. Karen Hokobian, thank you so much for being on Center Stage. And all I can say to my listeners is, if you support Pegasus the Orchestra, the wings of this marvelous musical orchestra will lift you to a feeling of eternity. Thank you so much, Karen. And, thank you um, so much, Pamela. Uh, we look forward to your concerts. Everyone out there, stay safe. This is Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is now down on center stage.